Hi, everybody. Welcome again to another episode of the Shop Notes podcast. I'm your host, Phil Huber. On today's episode, which is number 125, we're talking about relaunching Shop Notes magazine. That's right. In addition to the podcast, we're going to relaunch the magazine. So I'm joined today by John and Dylan, and we're going to talk about what Shop Notes means to us and why we're launching it and what we hope to uh, provide other woodworkers with as we get this thing started. So I hope you enjoy today's show. All right. Now, a couple of years ago when we launched this podcast, I very deliberately called it the Shop Notes podcast because there's a strong, strong enthusiasm for Shop Notes and a yearning the fact that it was it was a great magazine and we had a lot of people who really loved it. And I'm happy to announce that later this fall we will be relaunching Shop Notes magazine. So after lots of arm twisting and the holy crap moments of what it actually means to start publishing another magazine we are deep into the process. So if you've been following us on our Facebook updates on Thursdays, you've seen a couple of the projects already that we have getting started. Um, one of the things that'll be different is the fact that Shop Notes will be a digital publication. So it'll be quarterly and uh, it'll be a digital subscription right now. If you know anything about the printing and postage world, uh, paper is very difficult to come by in our crazy world that we live in and supply chains and all that kind of stuff. And the post office is doing nobody any favors on mailing costs. So to get this off the ground, light this candle, we've decided to do it as a digital publication. If there's a lot of, a lot of interest and we can make it work financially. We will do so in a print format, but right now it's a digital, digital magazine. So yep. it's out there now. Now we have to do it. Right. You've told everybody. Yeah. So no going back. Cats out of the bag. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned quarterly or it's going to be a digital release quarterly, but we've talked about dollarly printing the past year or, or yearly dollarly yearly however you put your quarters together right yep is having a printed like kind of yearbook right yeah a separate product yeah because so. i i do think that there is value and it maybe just reflects the fact that i'm a gen xer in a tangible physical object in our virtual world so i what i'd like to do is collect the projects into a single uh, collect, collectible, well-published, well-produced uh, book. So, yeah. I think that would be a good addition. Just I'm the same way that it's like I'm still adjusting to working in the digital world. I liked printing off paper and doing the editing that way and having a physical thing to read and handle. And so... Yeah. I think that's a good thing too. Right. So. Now, uh, you worked on shop notes in the past, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was one of my, uh, favorite magazines. Still read the old 
issues and build stuff out of the the magazine. So I'm happy that it's coming back and we'll be able to come up with some new stuff and get out there and mix it up with all the woodworking nerds and yeah, turn Chris Fitch loose in his <laughs> mad science lab. So it should be fun. So now you guys each have a project that you're designing for this first issue. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, we actually sure. both have I'm, two. Oh, do I? I don't know. I didn't do the required reading. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of mine might have got pushed back to future issue. Yeah, and that very that's well the be. one that I've that I've that I've had done for like a year or two. So <laughs> go figure. So so yeah, right now I'm uh, working on uh, getting drawings together for a uh, tool cabinet. Uh, more on in the realm of like uh, kind of an heirloom tool cabinet display type thing rather than utility. I mean, it will be utility, but something that, that'll look nice too. So something that you'd be proud to display anything in, but we're doing it for tools because this is shop notes. Right. So that's what we do. Well, I think that's the whole point of shop notes is being able to go a little bit over the top, a little more complex in the shop projects because it's for people who are super excited about creating that space where they do their woodworking. You know, that it's not just a an open area that projects get built in, but it's a, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, a refuge or a sanctuary or... yeah. Well, and, you know, outside of the projects that are, again, tool-oriented, um, you know, I think a lot of what drives the inspiration for a lot of the, at least the storage projects, is just trying to not overthink things and just design shop pieces as furniture. So if it's something you want to have in your shop, you know, you don't, again, I think it, it, it gets tough, again, out of the realm of just thinking about hand tools or... Um, doing kind of a shop made version of of course we did a cnc um, we've talked about doing um you know like a shop version of a, a domino machine with like a handheld like trim router so outside of that sure. stuff it's kind of like how do we kind of elevate these other necessities uh, of a shop which you know there's of course storage in feed out feed tables just tables in general so there, there's just a lot to work within that framework and um again like you said phil is just to kind of create your own space. They don't have to be, again, specific to what we're designing here. You know, it could just be a jumping off or a starting point for, you know, say you just liked the amount of storage or you like the scale of the project. You know, there's there's uh, endless possibilities with um, the general aesthetic of the piece. So again, you, you're ultimately just trying to create a space that you like to be in as, the, again, this kind of refuge. So what's your project, Dylan? I have a couple of them. Uh, like John, I have one that is complete. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, it was, again, I guess you can kind of act as my attorney here, Phil, about what I can and cannot disclose. Um, but uh, I have a workbench that we did. We figured we'd go out with a bang and start with, uh, you know, a big workbench project. Um, it is a little more contemporary in design. Uh, the top itself is kind of interesting. Um, we're, we're using a Baltic birch plywood that's laminated to expose the plies as the work surface. Um, so that's kind of cool. It makes for a very uh, structurally rigid and I guess aesthetically pleasing bench. So using plywood as a top is a stable material. 
Um, we've kind of done it in, I don't want to say in conjunction with, but it was kind of inspired by the H&T Gordon vices that they do. So we incorporated a tail vice um, as well as one of their nine inch face vices into our project to have a little bit more of a kind of modern feel to it. So that was initially what inspired the project. Yeah. And um, we paired that with some stainless handles. So again, there's just uh, kind of a playoff materials and then it's just a really kind of clean design. So um, functionally, it's it's great, and aesthetically, it's great too. So it was a good project to be a part of. Um, the other one I'm working on currently is a German-style hand plane, um, which has been kind of uh, been kicked down the road quite a bit. It's a smaller project, but certainly a very necessary one. But um, I don't think we've ever done a German-style hand plane before that's got the uh, horned handle on the front. Um, it'll probably be a two part body construction. Um, I, I kind of keep going back and forth. I did a, uh, Jack style plane for pop wood about a year ago. And, um, I, I kind of leaning towards doing a wooden wedge and a blade with or without a chip breaker. I haven't really decided. Um, so I, I've kind of been getting hung up on minutia with that, but, um, it's going to be available as a Jack and or smoothing plane. So we'll probably, they'll, They'll be the, the exact same look. They just one will have a little bit longer sole on it um, or bed on it than the other. So uh, those are the two I have for the first issue. Um, and one's complete Sweet. and one's not. <laughs> but we're making we're making grounds. <laughs> uh, yeah, going back to your workbench, uh, if people follow the Facebook weekly Facebook Live. Um, they've had a chance to see Mark building that and the completed workbench, but I would definitely consider it to be like the concept car of workbenches where it's, <laughs> you know, kind of, you know, out there a little bit and not, at least not traditional. It's got like, you know, some, some things you wouldn't think of and some different features. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. I kind of feel like there's been a, a, I don't know. And I, I'm in it too, is that there's a little bit of a design rut that woodworking benches have to follow some kind of antique, ancient design. And there's definitely room for new expressions of the form that take into all account different materials or a different look that you're going for or whatever. You know, and, I, and I'm just really excited for this new workbench just because it has such a striking look to it, but still checks all the boxes of what you need in a workbench. Right. And that kind of plays into, you know, we got, we had some criticism uh, a couple of issues ago in Woodsmith. Uh, we had a router table on the cover and somebody wrote in saying that we just don't need any more router tables. Magazines have done them to death, blah, blah, blah. And I feel like you could say that with insert any project here, that all the woodworking magazines have done them. And I mean, that's something that in the past we've had a challenge with, if with shop notes is coming up with different shop projects, you know, like how many workbenches has Woodsmith and shop notes done over the years? A lot. However, I kind of look at it in the same way that, you know, like everybody's workshop situation is different, both in scale and location and, the types of projects that you build and you know, both our practical needs and aesthetic choices 
make us all unique. So I feel like there's room for all kinds. Yeah, I mean we're we're yeah. uh, we're constantly revisiting old projects just because you know we ne you know we're we're kind of just anticipating that there's always going to be somebody new, and that it, these aren't the same people that have been subscribing for forty years. Not that we don't take them into consideration, but you know the the shop workplace is just always evolving, and you know it's certainly like a large part of our job is just elevating old forms you know we're not we're not reinventing wheels here i mean as much as we'd like to sometimes and there are those kind of projects where like wow these are just incredibly unique um you know just so much of what we do is just trying to again revisit uh projects or tools and things that are prominent within any workshop and just kind of to recreate those to kind of fit you know somebody else's you know need um but it also just you know continues to spark interest in us too right the other thing I think with um, shop projects is that we a lot of times will keep them around here and use them and uh, have them in our shop and we'll learn something from that project and and want to revisit it to make an improvement. Either there might have been a change in materials or uh, tools available or techniques and, you know, we're always thinking of a better way to do things or how to change things up. So it's just constant prototyping and it's good to revisit because there's always new people coming into the, the craft and, you know, we're trying to improve too. So, yeah. I mean, I do like that idea of experimentation because I know that, you know, it's really tempting to want to be like, these are the tools that I have in my shop and this is the setup that I want to have. And now it is fixed for all time, but you know, we change and grow as woodworkers and, you know, I've built countless jigs of, you know, or shop storage things or whatever and tried them out. They've worked really well and then they don't work as well. And then I move them along to somebody else and, uh, try something else just to match either shop space or my approach to tools or whatever, you know, I think of some of our table saw sleds that we've built, you know, that you can take kind of the bare bones, basic sled version, and then you can go super deluxe, whatever. And there's room all in between for different iterations of that. Yeah. And we're, we're not really a production shop either. So a lot of things we do build again, they're for the purpose of designing something that someone else can build. However, again, we're not, we're hardly ever set up to do the same thing over and over and over again. And even if we are, there's something that's changed about it that again, warrants manipulating the, you know, whether it be a table saw sled or a miter gauge that we built on a, for a router table. I mean, I mean it, it doesn't really matter. It's just alluding to what John said is that something, something is always going to change and you don't really know what needs to change until you find yourself using that particular item. So, yeah, I would totally agree with that. And I think that's what kind of makes us as much as people, when they come tour our shop space here are all excited about the size of it and the equipment that we have. We have a lot in common with your average hobby woodworkers in the sense that, like you said, we're not building multiples of things it's everything is a one-off mm -hmm. you know so it's almost like we're you know it's like every project is our first day and we get to try it out so that's where a lot of those a lot of those shop projects come from either needs in our own workshop or our home shops or 
interests or just curiosity. I'd also mentioned to you, I think it was yesterday, Phil, too, about just building a project in real time. It's like, you know, you can sit around and think about all of the details for a project, but oftentimes something changes during that construction process. You know, it's like you just, you can't predict everything. And a lot of times you are kind of just making decisions as you're building something. You're having those kind of realizations or aha moments when you're in the mix of it. So again, I'm just kind of, hammering the same nail on the head here but again it's it all all projects are valid even old ones <laughs> right yeah. yeah it's funny how the design and build process works it always like as i start like thinking of concepts for designs and going through designing and drawings and then the it's like always funny how it's like how did I get to this point? How did I get to the end? I, you know, I started with like an idea down, you know, a seed planted a seed, and then I don't know how I got to the end, but it, you know, it always works out. And, but yeah, there's always things that we want to change and improve, but it goes out the door in the magazine, and that's it. Yeah, and I also think, uh, for example, I'm working on, you know, we're coming up to deadline on uh, an issue of Woodsmith and the shop project and that I'm writing and John, you designed it and I'm taking the approach on it. And I kind of view it this way with all of our projects, but since we're talking about shop notes, it's the same thing where, you know, the project that you did was a shop storage set of cabinets, like a base unit and then an upper and we have a variety of storage features built into it. And I almost don't want people to build it just as we show it in the magazine, because mm -hmm. it's more like a catalog of storage ideas within this basic form. And depending on what your specific needs are, you might omit some of them or double up or whatever, just to suit what you're trying to get to. So it's, you know, like look at the projects in terms of inspiration and in the fact of, you know, like our earlier example on workbenches, you know, say we've done 15 workbenches. Well, when you make your own workbench, like pull out different things from those other benches, put it together into something that is, you know, fun for you to make and use. Yeah, that was uh, the project you're talking about was a, it's a, like a power tool storage workstation and I, when I started designing that, it was started out as just like a, a wall cabinet storage thing. And then it kind of morphed into, well, what if I uh, had it storage and kind of an integrated work surface or staging area? So it kind of, you know, progressed as, as the design went through. And there was just a lot of different ways you could go as far as the storage because everybody has different tools. So I kind of just based it off of what tools... I had or we had around here so a, a pretty big variety of tools that not everybody uh, might have but yeah you're definitely right that it's kind of compartmentalized where you just kind of pull out the ideas uh, that work best for you and you know you can kind of mix and match and you know it's just a jumping off point of, of ideas really yeah and just the way that you know things evolve over time in the sense that 
early on when I was hearing you guys talk about this project, I got the idea that it was like a power tool, like a cordless tool station. Mm-hmm. Like, so we've had these cordless tool stations from way back in shop notes where it's just a, you know, a shelf to put your charger and a space to put a drill. And it's like, who has one drill anymore or who has just one cordless tool? So now you have to juggle probably multiple chargers because you're sitting in different tool voltages maybe and different scatterings of what your tools are because you're going to have a jigsaw and a cordless circular saw and you know a drill and an impact driver and a smaller drill. And, and where do these go? Because nobody's going to use the cases that they come in. Right. And then you have all the little extra pieces of bits and blades and drivers and and all the stuff that goes with it that you kind of have to keep close and organized and and all that stuff too to consider. Yeah, the other thing is hard, I find hard is that like I'm exposed to so much around here and like projects we build from the show or projects I've seen in the magazine. It's hard to like differentiate. It's like I'm pulling from all these inspirations, but then it's like how do I go different? than that or how do I improve or how do I pull in ideas the best ideas from several projects that but yeah just a lot of influences sure Dylan you're new to shop notes having been uh hired after shop notes was ended so what are how are you viewing this relaunch and designing projects for it well I'm definitely someone who feels more comfortable designing furniture based projects. We've kind of kind of it seems like we've always hit a stride with Chris designing all of the, you know, shop made projects and um that are tool based and you know, I've done some smaller hand tools here and there which I've gotten a lot of joy out of doing, kind of broadening my sort of creative horizons and getting over the hurdle of, you know, just doing something new. Um but it's nice kind of having these, well, they're, they're three different magazines now, but it's nice just having different outlets for um, your kind of sense of imagination. So um, I'm, I'm definitely hopeful. I think it's going to, for me, it's going to be a little more of an opportunity to, again, uh, do some more design work with uh, the actual tools and, again, redefining what shop furniture is. And I think we'll probably get into a groove. You know, ultimately, we'd all like to be doing a couple projects per issue between John, Chris, and I. But, you know, keeping it diverse, but also all, all of us trying new things, maybe kind of stepping outside of our comfort zone a little bit. So I think there will be a little bit more opportunity for that. Not that there isn't for Woodsmith or Popwood, but just because Shop Notes is so more, it's, it's a little bit more uh, shop focused and specific, where we've kind of been trying to integrate all these different types of projects in one magazine, at least since I've been at, at Wood, Woodsmith and working for Pop Wood. So um, it's nice that, again, that there's a home, a home for everything now. Um, again, not that anything's really been off the table, but I think it just give, provides us a little more opportunity to just kind of try anything. So, um, And plus, I think, that, like you talked about, too, it being digital, I think that's cool because we're not really hung up on this page count thing and how things are going to fit. So we've been working with doing you know, a little bit different layout, one that I think kind of existed towards the end of shop notes. So 
there's going to be a little bit different look to it. Um, so we'll need a little more focused. Um, but again, I, I think we're not going to be, there's, there's a lot of autonomy, autonomy and there's a lot of opportunity, I think, to just, you know, write and do something a little new. So I'm definitely hopeful. And it's, it'll be a lot less expensive for us, too. We're not pushing out a magazine. So I'm trying to get it, you know, shipped out to a bunch of people. We'll have access to it almost probably instantaneously. Obviously. And we have all this free labor. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, low overhead. Yeah, I think the good thing about, um, you said, furniture design and, and stuff is for Shop Notes magazine, you can uh, um, design really, like, beautiful furniture and then just put uh, tools in it, and now it's a tool cabinet. Or design a really beautiful jewelry <laughs> box and put your chisels in it, and now it's a tool chest. So you can just go kind of kind of nuts on that. To be clear, we're still going to offer shop projects in Woodsmith uh, Magazine, so that's not going to change anything there. It's just allowing us, like we've said, to kind of nerd out on our inner shop geek with uh, having a, a complete different focus for Shop Notes Magazine. You know, one of the things that I really want to do is uh, Chris has found a strong interest in CNC work, and he's been doing a lot of that on his CNC Base Camp show. Um, we're offering plans that go with that, but in shop notes, I know he's wanting to do, uh, uh, version two on his home built or shop built CNC. So he's going to do that in the magazine. We'll be able to have, uh, different, different features that he's wanted to incorporate into the, the Woodsmith CNC version. And now we'll be able to have a space for that. And also to have that, uh, place for CNC content, you know, is it for everybody? No, totally get that. But being able to include it periodically in a place like shop notes, I think is a better home for it than Woodsmith. So, all right. In other news, we wrapped up filming on Woodsmith shop season 16 last week, which was very, very exciting for us. And it was nice to have that out the door. There's still a bunch of editing that needs to be done by our production folk, and then we'll have that launching uh, in the near future here. It'll start showing in September, I believe, it, starting in Iowa and a few other markets. If you don't get the Woodsmith Shop TV show on your local public television station, send them an email, give them a call. They're very receptive on scheduling, that kind of stuff. And each station sets their own schedule. So I can't say when it's going to start airing. But, you know, let them know that it's available starting in September and hopefully you can start seeing that new ep the new season uh, sooner rather than later. Yep. Yeah, we got that done just in time to start worrying about the next season. So <laughs> worked out well. Because when they start overlapping, then we're in trouble. Yeah. We're trying to get the next yeah, season yeah. done while we're still doing the past season. That spells trouble. Yeah. And I feel like that almost happens, but I don't, that might just be psychologically being close to all this stuff and having done it for 16 seasons now where, I don't know. We've talked about this here where it's sometimes in publishing and in TV work, like there's not really a finish line. You know, it's like, we got done with season 16. Hooray. Here's season 17. Yeah. Let's go. 
Yep. There's no off season. So yeah, it just keeps coming. So John, now that we have the show taken care of, what have you been working on? Um, I'm trying to catch up on, um, some project design. I have a set of living room built-ins, uh, for Woodsmith that needs to be done post haste. So haven't started doing drawings for that, but that is on the books. And then, um, the stuff for shop notes. So I'm trying to catch up with that as far as the magazine's concerned. So a little extra time to do my day job. <laughs> it's it's hard not to get done with one thing and then and then try to just like like you said, just be like, oh now we're done because there's three more things that are waiting for you to to do next. So Right. But. Yeah. Well, Dylan and I were talking about that just the other day or just earlier today where it was like, what is the next thing that needs to get done immediately? Yes. And do that. Right. And that's, and that's pretty much how it works. It's like, I know there's a lot of things to, to get done around here, but it's like, what's, what needs to get done right now? That's what we'll do. Right. Just yeah. shout it out. We'll do that. Now, speaking of projects, Dylan, you've been working on one for popular woodworking in kind of an unusual style in the sense of building it for camera rather than just building a project. Yeah. Um, so it was one I had been working on, uh, you know, working out the design and, you know, creating the digital model and then working on the drawings. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a certain level of anxiety of doing things on camera because you're just trying to be conscious of, you know, other people's time who might be involved in the photography process. Um, and then just ensuring um, that you have all your parts ready to go. And it's really hard to know. Um, usually on larger projects, there's really no way to create multiples of things to kind of set yourself up. And so you really do have to rethink the construction process and what's going to make sense. I mean, you don't necessarily have to do everything sequentially, how it will probably play out in the magazine, but you do definitely need to be conscious of how things are coming together. Just make sure that, um, you know, if you have different if you have like different parts or different joinery methods that happen to happen at the router table well one of the steps might happen later in the project but you have the router table out so you might as well take advantage of having it out so you're not always going back and forth and pulling things out which you inevitably have to do sometimes so it, it definitely presents some challenges um but i think there's also a lot of positives too i i kind of alluded to this earlier where you're in my mind, I had this thing all worked out in terms of material, how it was going to look, most of the construction. I hadn't really thought through totally the hardware or the finishing. And so in the process of building it, I was able to kind of conjure up those ideas and make those sorts of decisions as I was building them, whether I ran into just a snag with the way the joinery is coming together or I was having an aha moment about how I wanted to proceed with staining and with finishing the project and just how it's going to make sense in terms of the, uh, the progress shots for the photography. So it is a little bit different way of thinking about things. Um, but at the end of it, I'm always just kind of impressed because even though I have been spending, you know, probably a few weeks, maybe a month thinking about this particular project, um, I had all the panels glued up and most of my parts cut out in order to prepare for photography within a day and a half. And then we built it in a couple of days. So, 
grand scheme of things, the project got built pretty quickly. Um, but <laughs> it is a, it is another way of uh, thinking about things in terms of just the mechanics and statistics of how things are going to come together. So, but it, it, it's all helpful and it's necessary. So. What I think has been kind of interesting is both you're building a pro that project for popular woodworking and one of my personal projects are both display cabinets, like small curio cabinets. And uh, it's been really fun to see how each of those have taken a different form. And yet, you know, I've really enjoyed being able to knowing that you're working on one just step over into your area and ask you questions about how I would do this or a design detail or, you know, just the way I'm designing and building this, you just kind of run into some hiccups and how to get out of those and whatever. So that's been a lot of fun. And I'm going to put some photos on the show notes page of woodsmith.com slash podcast, where you can see both of our display cabinets as they currently sit, not done yet, but um, yeah. So that's been kind of fun to see that too. So in addition to that one, what else do you have going on, Dylan? Um, well, I, I talked about the hand plane a little bit. That's one of the last projects for shop notes that um, needs to be completed here. Um, I have a marketry project I'm doing for 264 that I uh, admittedly have given almost zero thought to. Um, and uh, But I am, I'm actually really looking forward to it. It's something that I don't know if we've really talked about, or uh, certainly not since I've been here. Um, you know, we've done veneering and stuff, but I haven't really... You correct me if I'm, I'm wrong. I just don't really remember us doing a, a marketry project. And so um, it's definitely an area that I'm not uh, proficient at, uh, but I'm super interested in it. Um, Logan and I were just talking the other day about, I think it was maybe David Marks that he did some photography with recently. Um, and he does these like compound veneering um, projects where he, you know, treats the veneer in a way that it's almost like a, a, a tool or like a, a linen fabric and he's able to drape them over these, you know, organic forms. And I, I again, Logan would be able to kind of back me up a little bit just the process of it since you got to actually talk to David, but I'm really intrigued by that. And so I think that's probably really a, um, a again, a point of interest in me that might kind of help navigate the, the project world for that. So I'm guessing it will probably be something on a little bit smaller scale or be, you know, one part of a larger project. And so it's not this you know, um, overly ambitious marketry project. So I'm sure for a lot of people, it might be a first time for them. So uh, we'll try and keep it accessible and something that spark enough interest to take up a new um, discipline within woodworking. So that will conclude 264 for me. Of course, I always have miscellaneous um, commission pieces that take up space, much valuable space in our ever diminishing <laughs> shop. So. Um, yeah, I've got these Bahama or Bermuda style shutters I'm building for a, a tea bar here in Des Moines, which are, um, you know, I've got to say, I've done quite a few projects with this bar, and it's been really cool to just watch the interior of it evolve, and just being a part of it, it's really, it's really neat. Um, so I'm building these really large, again, uh, Bermuda style wooden shutters that will go, there's four large ones and two smaller ones, so six total, 
again, they're, they're quite sizable, but uh, I'll be getting those done here in the next week. And then I've got a, uh, uh, a dining table I'm working on for a guy he had purchased several years ago. It's been kind of a fixture in their household, but he recently had some water damage to one of the planks. So um, I have been going through the process of uh, brainstorming what the best uh, way of repairing it is and making it look uh, you know, in terms of matching the pre-existing boards. So uh, what I came to is I actually was able to successfully remove the board without damaging it completely. Um, I re-soaked the back and it's now uh, set up in a series of set up with a series of calls and clamps. Um, and I have the board looking flat again, which is great. I just have to get some water evaporating and attach that. So yeah, it's always interesting. I, I always kind of tell myself after these projects I'm never gonna do them again. Here I am doing them and sort of inventing as I'm doing so. But um, I just look at it as another opportunity to kind of problem solve. So that's my positive. Cool. All right. I think that wraps up another episode of the Shop Notes podcast. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or smart remarks, I want to hear about them. You can send them to me by email, woodsmith at woodsmith.com, or you can leave them in the comments section on our YouTube channel where you can also watch the video recording of the podcast. Otherwise, I would love it if you could rate and review the podcast wherever you listen to it to help it get out to more folk like you uh, and extend our reach here a little bit. Otherwise, we'll see you next week, everybody, on the Shop Notes podcast. Bye.